All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Geek Garage podcast, the most inclusive and accessible nerd culture audio program on the interwebs. I'm your host, David, and uh, Zach Wills is off this week. Um, however, in his stead is um, an excellent guest. I'm so glad that I found this guy. Um, actually, I think he he found me. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how you would uh, how you describe. I would I would say I, I've, I'd say I found you. I'm always on the lookout. You know, yeah, I'm always looking for a new chance to run my mouth. So you know, <laughs> yeah, glad, so that, glad I came across you. Right. So that is the voice of Tristan Benz. Hey, buddy, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic. David, awesome. how are you? I am excellent. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for coming on. Um, I'm so glad we could make this happen. Of course. Of course. Um, I'm glad to be here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, just, uh, I guess a little backstory I posted on the podcast guest exchange subreddit looking for, you know, a comic book. Uh, you know, I didn't want to use the word guru, but you know, it, we'll I was say looking- aficionado. Yes, someone that knew their shit. And I got uh, quite a few people like, you know, commenting and messaging me, but like it, they just didn't really know at the end of the day what they were talking about. And I, I mean, I was be like that sometimes. Yeah, they're like we would get into conversation and like five, ten minutes later, they'd, they'd say something like, yeah, I'm not like huge into comic books. And I'm like, well, then what the fuck are we so doing? Why do, you, why do you respond to the post? <laughs> Say get get out of the way. You're taking away attention from the guy who's got a Green Lantern tattoo. Right, exactly. Um, but you you came in like you know, big dick swinging. Oh like, man, I come in with, hot and heavy with with all your uh, all your credit uh, your accreditations. Uh, your we'll your call credits. it that. We'll call sure. it that. Um, it sounds good if you say it with enough confidence. I mean, I've I've learned that that's the key to just getting what I want in life. Just saying anything with enough blind confidence, even if it if it's not true. But I said it, so it's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, so um, I'll I'll let you speak to some of your credibility here in just a sec. But just to kind of uh, lightly introduce today's episode, uh, it's been a hot minute since we've done a comic book episode, like a while. And define and, and- a while. Uh, I don't know. Honestly, I think the last one we did was like episode 50 and where where we covered Batman. Um, That is, that is quite a while. I, I mean, comic books have come up uh, a bunch since then, but I don't know if we've had a single dedicated episode to just comic books. Um, and, and that's just because I, I mean, it's due to the situation that we're in is that like, I am, I've only been reading for a couple of years and, uh, I feel much more comfortable in this kind of situation where, sure. uh, you know, I, I have my couple of years experience. You have your thousand years of experience. I mean, um, well, I'm not, all right. It's not a thousand. I'm not a grandpa here. I'm only, I just turned 25. It's more sure. like closer to 20 years of experience. Most <laughs> right. the majority of my life. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, uh, so we're doing this brand new reoccurring um, episode series called Comic Corner. And it is aimed to solve a couple problems. Um, and those problems are basically to potentially relieve stress and anxiety for anyone out there that's wanting to dive into the world of comic books, but is just too afraid to because the, the, that world is, is just so vast. It's overwhelming. Um, it's definitely it overwhelming. 
Yeah, and it was for me, and it's what kept me from diving into that world for so long. It's just because I didn't know where to start. And I was like, well, what if we do something on the podcast where we provide that um, that that leg up where, yeah. you know, you can tune in. And for instance, this episode, we'll be talking about Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, we will. And we are going to give you good ideas on where to start. Like, say, if you're looking for, you know, Spider-Man facing off against this villain, um, you can start here. Uh, say if you want to you know read some doctor strange that happened way back in the day or something a little bit more contemporary you can start here um and uh and then you know of course as far as places to actually get the comics um you know if you want to go the digital route uh i what do you like to suggest tristan i mean i i I had comiXology for a while Mm -hmm. and and really enjoyed it um, are there any other mobile apps? I know, I think Marvel has their own one. Oh yeah. As well. Marvel and DC both have their own. I would say if, well, it, it depends on what you're looking for. Now mm. me, myself, I am, I wouldn't say I'm a hoarder, but we were just talking even before the, the show started, like how we, you know, like to collect Blu-rays and, and 4k. Right. Uh, I am a big proponent of uh, the single issues, like actually, you know, collecting the the, the physical sure. books for the stuff that's at least on my pull list. For those who aren't familiar, uh, a pull list is the list of books you're you know reading every month. So on okay. my pull list, you know, every month I've got Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Daredevil, Action Comics, Nightwing, Human Target, One Star Squadron, Catwoman, Lonely City, and Saga. And oh, I, oh, is that it? Well, <laughs> hey. Let me tell you something. This time last month, I had like 20. I've cut it down recently. Oh, wow. You can't see, because, you know, this is an audio podcast. I have a 20-slot magazine rack just out of, out of frame of, of the camera. So I've cut it down recently, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, I'm not so anal that I just had all those memorized off the top of my head. I just looked over to the left and, and, and read uh, from sure. the side. So if you are in a position where you can get the the physical media, which it can, you know, be expensive both in terms of money and space and <laughs> sanity, if you like, right. you know, stuff arriving on time, then you should definitely check out your local comic shop. It's mm-hmm. always, it's always great to support small businesses, but 100% for people who are really trying to dive in and they don't necessarily care about collecting the physical issues, you can get the, uh, Marvel does have just the specific Marvel app where they release all these issues digitally. It's the same thing with Comixology, except it's just exclusively Marvel, which you can get the Marvel and DC books on Comixology along with, you know, right. Image Comics, Dark Horse, all that stuff. And DC, actually, now I'm thinking about DC has just discontinued their individual DC app where you buy the mm. issues one at a time. However, uh, there's also Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite. Now, both of these are subscription services similar to Netflix, except for comics. Uh, with Marvel, you pay $9.99 a month, or I, off the top of my head, I'm not sure how much it is for a yearly thing. They let you also do an annual thing. It's around 60 or 70 I think, something in that ballpark. Yeah. But you know, you pay that monthly fee or that annual fee, and then you have unlimited access to 
thousands i think twenty thousand comics is is where yeah, it's, it's like it's, it's pretty much the yeah it's pretty much the entire marvel catalog uh and the same for for dc universe uh infinite you pay a, a monthly fee or the annual fee and you have access to their entire library with new titles for marvel unlimited being added three months after publication so if this month i get you know uh, let's see amazing spider-man number 87 then it'll be on the the app by what well, was february by may uh dc the wait period is around six months but okay. on both apps you know there's so much to to read and choose from anyway that right. you'll have no shortage of stuff to to tide you over in the meantime while you're waiting for these new issues yeah i remember that's what i did when i had comiXology is that like you know i'd see that like wait time be like mm-hmm. uh ah like i don't want to like, wait uh, that long. but uh like you're right like there's so much on there like no matter what app you have yeah um whether it's the marvel or dc or comiXology like there's so much on there to choose yeah. from like you always have something to bide your time until that thing is finally released Exactly. And assuming that you're able to avoid spoilers, like it's essentially the same weight as, you know, once you're, once you've picked up the series and once you're in the rhythm of it, it's essentially the same weight as, you know, waiting to get it in person. You're just a couple issues behind everyone else. But if you're in an area or you're in a social circle where you're not really talking about comics with anyone else, it's not like you're going to, you know, get the latest twist spoiled for you unless you go searching it out, which we've all been there. You know, it's hard to resist spoilers. I I, I understand. uh, I understand the temptation. Yeah. Um, speaking of spoilers, right before we hit record, we were talking about like the first Spider-Man comic that I dove into and it was superior Spider-Man just because I like, uh, just because I like the suit. Um, and I was like, you know, I like that suit. So I'm going to read the comic series. <laughs> just smack so, dab in the middle of dance lots run. We're just going to dive right in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, the weirdest place to start, uh, because it's, you know, I, I guess a slight spoiler alert. Um, the, I guess the, at the end of the previous run, um, what is it? Uh, Peter, uh, Doc and, Ock and, Doc and Peter, Peter switch, switch bodies. Switch bodies. Yeah. And, and, and so, Doc Ock is, well, the body of Doc Ock is dying with Peter's brain in it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So Peter ends up dying and, uh, but he's still like alive in some, you know, never, never lands. Uh, yeah. His, his, uh, his soul and consciousness is still like, there's still a trace of it left in, in his body. Right. It's, right. A, it's a whole, it's a whole look. If we want to get into the specifics of it, I can go on a whole thing, but we got, <laughs> well, there's, there's, I got a whole list of Spider-Man stuff to, to recommend everyone before I, I, delve too deeply into the minutia of the superior spider-man which yeah to david's credit is one of the coolest spider-man suits and if they don't put it in the sequel for spider-man ps4 which i'm guessing will be spider-man ps5 then i'm gonna have to (laughs) throw hands (laughs) yeah um no we'll uh we'll we'll break off and, and you know just start tackling these for the sake of like not going down a single rabbit hole and making sure we got sure... too many rabbit holes already. Yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> we have we got a lot of ground to cover. So, um let's let's just get started. Um so like I said we're we're going to be ta- tackling Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. I think we're going to do Spider-Man first. Um yeah. Well, so... I mean, it's e- either or, either or. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do, let's do Spider-Man first. And I, I picked these 
because they seem to be the most topical uh, for for contemporary uh, reasons or, or whatever, you know, because we just had Spider-Man no Way Home, um, no Way Home uh, come out. And, um, you know, that's still sitting pretty at the box office. And then we have Doctor Strange, which I believe is, aside from Moon Knight, uh, I believe Doctor Strange is the next uh, Marvel property to to come out. I believe so. It's at least the next, like, MCU film. Right. For yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and then Moon Knight, I believe, is the, the next. Very excited. Very excited uh, for Moon Knight. March yeah, 30th, uh, everyone. Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac. God, oh, man. That, that guy can What a act. man. What I a know. man. Oh boy, can't he? Man. What he, a fella. He's got he's got some range too. Like he, he has got some range. He's been in uh like have you ever seen um Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen Brothers I movie? I thought I thought you were gonna say, have you seen Ex Machina? Oh, uh he's excellent in that too. He's, he's that, scary. He's terrifying in that. <laughs> God, you know what? So you know what? Here's the real question though. Have you seen him in X-Men Apocalypse? <laughs> <laughs> uh I think I did see that. I, I, under under the 70 pounds of horrible makeup and prosthetics. <laughs> yeah, I I want to say I threw in the towel uh with some X-Men. I, I can't remember. I I, I think, think Fox the, threw in the towel with, the, <laughs> with some X-Men. That, is, that is a valid point. I don't think I saw the, what was it? The, the Phoenix or whatever. Dark Phoenix. Uh, Dark, Dark Phoenix. Yeah. I'd I say it was. I, I watched Dark Phoenix on a plane. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, really upsetting for me as someone who's been a lifelong X-Men fan that I just couldn't even muster up the desire to go see that thing in theaters just after they beat that franchise into the ground. And you know, we thought after watching X Men Last Stand, it was like, wow, they really fucked up the Phoenix, didn't they? <laughs> and then, and then they announced Dark Phoenix, and you're like, hey, there's no way they can fuck it up twice. There's definitely no way they can do it even worse than the first time. <laughs> but let me tell you, Fox found a way. Where there is a will, there is a way, and there is a will to just make one of the biggest pieces of dog shit I've ever seen uh, uh, in God, terms of comic book movies. God bless you, Fox. Lord knows uh, you. You tried or or didn't try. <laughs> I mean, they tried at some point. They tried with Logan and Deadpool. I'll give them that. Yes. Um, Deadpool. Deadpool 2 was one that uh, has grown on me oh, over the it. last year uh, or loved so. It immediately. Like, yeah, like I, I enjoyed it when I went to go see it in theaters. But, but I was like, OK, I think it's technically the or objectively the better movie. Mm. But I didn't like it nearly as much as the first one but now i'm like i I can't decide where like i've grown to love it so much for just it being a little different than the first one yeah Um, i mean i I was in as soon as they said cable and domino are in the movie i'm like all right right fucking sold like cable is one of my favorite x-men one of my favorite marvel characters his relationship with deadpool is one of my favorite favorite like uh buddy bromances love hate yeah. relationships in in the x-men universe so i was as soon as at the end of the first deadpool he pulls a, a ferris bueller and's like hey cable's gonna be in the next one i'm like oh <laughs> hell yeah he is in true deadpool fashion in just true like, deadpool fashion no beating around the bush just hey this is what we're doing next <laughs> which it seems like we're beating around the bush a little bit we keep we keep getting distracted we keep getting distracted and it, you know uh, it, we're it just happens. got so much good stuff to talk about yeah, we got right. so much good stuff to talk about. Let's let's dive in. What's what's the first uh, Spider-Man recommendation we're making here? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, we're about to go on another tangent because I don't know if we ever established my credibility. 
Oh yeah, sure. <laughs> so yeah, you've been uh, you've been reading comic books for a long time. For uh, a you, long time. Some would also, say too long. <laughs> sure. Um, and I believe uh, you said you freelance for Screen Rant. I have freelanced uh, for comic book resources and the Nerd Stash in the past. I am currently a freelance writer for Screen Rant. I think as of this week, I have written 153 articles for Screen Rant. I wow. want to say is where I'm at. I, th- I think that's where I'm at uh, right now. So with that that's... combined with with my CBR stuff and my nerd stash stuff, I'm you. You got 200 plus opportunities to go read my thoughts on random shit in, <laughs> in terms of comics uh, out there on the interwebs. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, and, and we're gonna we're gonna put <clears throat> links to all your your credits and and ah, stuff. And you also exciting. you also run your. Um, we're gonna put them in the description below us. Sorry, I didn't even finish my own sentence. Uh, <laughs> I, did I mention I have ADHD? Uh, really bad. Um, it's all good. Half you, the people on my uh, <laughs> contacts list do. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. It's just an ongoing thing for for everyone uh, until the end of time. Like everyone's <laughs> afflicted with it. Um, you also have a, a podcast as well, correct? I am the co-host, uh, co-host, I joined last year, of a series called Nerds Talk Movies, which is part of the Nerds Dash Network. Uh, you can find it on you know Spotify, Apple, uh, Podbean. I want to say we're on uh, Audible. I could be wrong about that. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it's a couple of nerds uh, talking about movies. A lot of times comic movies. A lot of times just you know random shit. A couple weeks ago, uh, we talked about, or actually not even a couple. I think it was, or it may have been a couple. See, I don't have ADHD. I just got a shit memory. Sometime <laughs> this month, we have talked about Face Off. So. That's that, right. that and that episode's available. So if you want to listen to to my thoughts on face off, yeah, <laughs> I, I t- tell you what, I took his face. I took his face oh. off. Oh, that's actually it, not a bad uh, Nicky Cage hey, impression. I mean, you know, I, I got to pull my my hair back a little bit so you can see the forehead. I uh, D. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what, Nick Cage. He gets a bum there's, rap. There's nobody like him in no. Hollywood. And I'm very much looking forward to, to his movie coming out this year where he's playing himself. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I heard about that. Is it like the uh, um, the unbearable weight of unbelievable talent or something? Something uh, like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I remember seeing that. That'll be a day that. one for me. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. What, uh, do we have anything else we need to cross off the list in terms of uh, uh, going over I mean, um, anything? <laughs> I mean, I don't think, I mean, if we're still establishing credibility, you know, like I teased I mean, earlier, I have, a, gr- I have a green lantern. Well, you're impressed, but you know, I, some, some people might be listening, but like he can't be a real comics fan because he writes for screen rant. Cause a lot of people like to act like, you know, there's a lot of clickbait screen rant, which, mm, you know, sure. I'm not going to, you know, touch that. I, I everything I, like, I write, I, I, I believe in, I like screen rant a lot. It's, it's yeah, got good content. A lot too. of dedicated writers over there. I don't know a single writer at screen rant who doesn't absolutely love what we're writing about so if anyone wants to talk shit right you can, you can kick rocks but outside of that if you don't believe i'm a real fan like i literally have a green lantern tattoo and it's not just like oh i got a superman tattoo. anyone get a superman tattoo everyone with superman who you know is yeah. gonna choose to get a green lantern tattoo after the movie comes out <laughs> like I, the movie wasn't why i got the tattoo if anything i got the tattoo in spite of the movie which sure. i'll be honest i i to this day I, I enjoy the Green Lantern movie for what it is. It's better than okay. 
uh, David Ayer Suicide Squad that was released. Well, we'll say the theatrical cut because you know there's the whole thing of like oh, release the Ayer cut. I don't know. Yeah, it's yeah. better than it's better than some of the stuff in the DCEU. And I say that as someone who owns Man of Steel, BBS Ultimate Edition, and Zack Snyder's Justice League on 4K. So mm-hmm. before everyone starts hating, sure, yeah. Cool. Um, well, and of course, you don't need to know my credibility because everyone knows it's all, uh, of course, crap all the time. Because there is none, David. <laughs> there or else I no wouldn't be here. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. So uh, the first uh, Spider-Man run. Yes. Yes. Let's get let's, into some some Spider-Man recommendations. Yeah. Let's dive into it. So the first recommendation I'm making in terms of spider-man it's set during his early days it's a series called spidey by robbie thompson nick bradshaw uh and andre araujo i can't ever pronounce i can i'm bad at names i'm bad at names uh, aren't we all it's you know I re- it's a curse it's a curse and no matter how much you try and read it ahead of time it still gets you in the moment so we're gonna yeah the last name is spelled a-r-a-u-j-o for everyone typing you know, trying to search the, oh the, the series. But it's Spidey. Uh, it's set in the early days of Spider-Man. Here's the synopsis for you on Previews World. Think you know everything about Peter Parker? Think again. Expect action, adventure, and hilarity in equal measure as we head back to high school to explore Pete's early days. Modern talent combines with a classic Marvel flavor to present the Web Slingers Wonder Years in truly amazing, spectacular, sensational style. You see what they did there? They got all the mm-hmm. all the yeah. Spider-Man yeah. out there. Oh, alliteration. Tell you what, that's good marketing. Yeah. In uh, return to the hassles of overdue homework, not knowing how to talk to girls, and a never-ending merry-go-round of madness, courtesy of the best mm-hmm. rogues gallery in comics, we're talking Dr. Octopus, Sandman, the Vulture, and Dr. Doom. But could our young hero ever be ready for an arch nemesis like the Green Goblin? With these and more faces from Peter's past, both familiar and surprising, you'll remember what made Spider-Man the world's greatest hero in the first place. And that's just the synopsis for the first volume, Spidey, Volume 1, First Day. It collects uh, Spidey numbers 1 through 6. It's a good starting point, I would say, for anyone who... Wants to get into Spider-Man, hasn't read too many of the comics, but, you know, has seen some of the cartoons. They get the gist. Like, oh, he's he was in high school when he got bit by a spider, and he lives with Aunt May. It, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a more lighthearted affair than some sure. of the other stuff on the list. Right. Uh, but great stuff. Great stuff. Awesome. Now, you, well, you have any questions about that before I move on to my personal favorite Spider-Man story? Well, one Go of my personal it. favorites. Now, i tell you what. Big thing about Spider-Man, David, I don't know if you realize this. He's sad a lot. Uh, I have noticed that, especially. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he goes through it. He goes, uh, I, he goes it, through it. When you, when you think about it, it makes sense. I mean. Makes sense. It's the affliction that a lot of um, characters a lot in of characters. comic books have to de- deal with. Uh, but, you know, Peter But if you do it as Spider-Man, well. Yeah. Exactly. He, well he, as he, he, as the Beatles say, boy, you're going to carry that weight. And he carries and that weight. He's carrying, he's carrying a lot of weight. One of the biggest weights, as we well know, the death of Gwen Stacy. And that mm-hmm. weight is explored just beautifully in Spider-Man Blue by Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. Some of you may know this dynamite creative team 
from such works as Batman Long Halloween, Batman Dark Victory, Batman Haunted Night, a lot of Batman. A lot of Batman. Yep. Superman Kryptonite, yeah. Daredevil Yellow, you know, uh, which also, if we ever do a Daredevil recommendation, that's going damn near top of the list. It's a great series. Yeah. But we're talking about Spider-Man Blue. All right. Now here's okay. the, here's the, let me break off a little of the synopsis for you. It's about remembering someone so important to me, I was going to spend the rest of my life with her. That was a quote from old, old Petey Parker. What Peter Parker didn't know was that meant Gwen Stacy would only get to spend the rest of her life with him. This is the story of how they fell in love, or more appropriately, how they almost didn't fall in love. Welcome to Spider-Man's life, bad before good. It's kind of amazing. So to get the girl of his dreams, he'll have to run the gauntlet of the Green Goblin, the Rhino, two vultures, and a mysterious man in the shadows controlling it all. Join the Eisner Award-winning team of Jeff Loeb and Jim Sale in the story about Peter's first love, Gwen Stacy. Highlighted by the introduction of Mary Jane Watson, it's a critical moment in Spider-Man's life when everything was just coming together, only to fall apart. It's it's a beautiful story. This isn't the actual death of Gwen Stacy, like it says. It's the story of their romance when they first come together, so okay. it ends in, in a very bittersweet way, where it's like, okay, so it's like, yeah, they're together now, but we all know how this ends. Right. Uh, it's largely a story told through uh, flashbacks, because like, you know, like like mm. we said, it's it's we know how it ends. So it ends with, you know, well, it it's bookended by Peter Parker in the present day uh, recording an audio journal where he's talking to Gwen. Oh, OK. Uh, in the past. That's, so it's oh, that's it, neat. Yeah, it's like a, lot, a lot. It's a lot of introspection on Peter's Park about their uh, about their relationship and. Okay. In turn, how that affects his relationship with Mary Jane, who was also like Gwen's, you know, best friend. Like they were all a group of friends together, and Peter and, and MJ didn't get together really until after they were both grieving the loss of this person who meant so much to both of them. And it's just a beautiful story. The art's fantastic. The characters are really well written. It's got a great sort of evergreen Spider-Man feel. If there's ever like if you'd said, "Hey, Tristan, you only get to." recommend you know one or two spider-man books on this like this definitely would have been immediately the 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 first one i went to it's right. it's really it's high praise it's i tell you what you read the book and you'll you'll get what i'm talking about so everyone check out spider-man blue uh it, it's fantastic again and everything i should say that i'm recommending is uh available on marvel unlimited okay awesome and yeah it, that's, it's available that's digitally. excellent excellent yeah. to know no. So the next recommendation is another Spider-Man classic. Now, you know, like I said, Spider-Man, he's a, he's a sad boy a lot of the times. He's angsty. He'd be, he'd be going through things. But sure. in a lot of the, the general adaptations we see of Spider-Man, sure, it can get a little dark, but there's a, there's a big wish fulfillment aspect of it. We see, especially in the MCU up until No Way Home, you know, no spoilers, but everything with Spider-Man a lot of times a bit lighter, you know, a bit more family friendly. Mm -hmm. you, you would say, uh, this book is not that. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's got I, Craven in it. Exactly. We are talking about Spider-Man Craven's last hunt. Uh, and this is not the only Spider-Man story that gets, you know, very dark. I'm currently reading one right now called Spider-Man torment. Uh, this isn't the only Spider-Man story that gets dark, but it is probably, I would say, one of the you know three most iconic examples of how dark uh, it can get. This came out around the time of you know like 
the the Dark Knight Returns and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It was you know okay. the eighties. It was well mid to late eighties. It was it was right after Peter and MJ got married. So I f- want to say it was like eighty six, eighty seven, something like that. Okay. Uh, written by J M DeMatteis, just a top tier writer. We'll see him again later on this list with, for Doctor Strange because boy, this man can okay. write. With art by Mike Zeck, which is just some haunting stuff in in this series. Uh, so here's here's the synopsis for Craven's Last Hunt. DeMatteis and Zek craft the ultimate tale of revenge in the latest of our... Oh, actually, you know what? I just realized I clicked the uh, Marvel Select hardcover. This isn't only available in hardcover. You can find it everywhere. But, you know, this is this is a series that I would say is worth uh, getting in hardcover, this, this one uh, collection. But anyway, sure. DeMatteis and Zek craft the ultimate tale of revenge in the latest of our series of graphic novels handpicked by Marvel Editorial to showcase pivotal storylines written and drawn by some of Marvel's most acclaimed creators. And boy, does that description fit this to a T. Craven the Hunter has stalked and killed every beast known to man, but there is one prey that has eluded him, one query that has mocked him at every turn, the spider. Now, in one last hunt, Craven will finally prove he is Spider-Man's master by burying him alive and taking his place. To destroy the spider, he must become the spider and prepare for one of the greatest Spidey stories ever told, a tale that has cast its shadow over Peter Parker's life for years. And it's true, even to to the most recent Spider-Man run before the current one, Craven the Hunter is still heavily referenced as, as a defining moment in Peter's journey as a hero, just as a person really it's i mean if you want some black suited spider-man and not black suited with the symbiote this is you know black claw suits after he ditched the symbiote he's like ah it's killing me and making me a bad person you know that old that old chestnut sure um it's it's just a, a, a certified banger i i hesitate to call it the Dark Knight Returns of Spider-Man stories, if only because I think the Dark Knight Returns is honestly overrated in terms of Batman stories. It's honestly kind of mid. Uh, And while it's good in and of itself, it's had a negative impact over the perception of Batman in general uh, in the last almost 40 years. But this is something that I would put on the level of, say, a Daredevil Born Again. Or maybe... Let me think. Maybe a Green Arrow of the Longbow Hunters for any comic book fans out there who can, you know, get the what I'm what I'm comparing it to. Sure. It's it's chilling in a lot of ways. Uh, a seeing you know one of the greatest superheroes in the world just being buried alive for two weeks, but also uh, the threats he faces. It's not just Craven. It's the introduction of a creature called uh, Vermin. Which okay. actually, it may not be the introduction. I think Vermin's also fought Captain America, but either way, it's probably Vermin's most popular stories. Who's this terrifying, like were rat looking motherfucker? It it's it's it delves a lot into the relationship of Peter and Mary Jane as newlyweds, and what this change in their relationship means for the two of them, and what it means for him as a hero now. Like, can he keep taking these risks? Like, what does he have to keep doing to, you know? push forward to make sure he comes home to Mary Jane. It's, it's, I can't praise this book enough. It It is one of the rare times where it feels like a book that is widely lauded, like deserves the hype. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Now the next recommendation may be a little controversial because a lot of people don't like, uh, 
this run. I, okay. Personally, it's one of my favorite uh, Spider-Man runs. It's the first one that I read all the way through, which I think technically this is after he'd been on the book for a few years. But I'm recommending uh, people check out Dan Slott's Spider-Man run, starting at Spider-Man Big Time. Now, a lot of people don't like the Slot run because... It was a few, it was like a couple, few years after Spider-Man, um, One More Day, the infamous deal with Mephisto that, you know, erases marriage to M-Day and people say it regressed the character, which I am one of those people, I agree with that. But the big time era that came a couple years after, after Dan Slott had already been on the book for a few years, but he was one of multiple writers. That was when they were doing the, you know, thrice monthly, we've got rotating teams, mm-hmm. you know, this is... I believe the start of Dan Slott just taking carte blanche as Spider-Man. Like he's the sole writer. This is how it's going to be for the next nine years. And for its various ups and downs, uh, I think it's a damn entertaining ride all the way through. You get things like this uh, Spider-Man big time, uh, which I'll get into the synopsis of that in a second, but it leads right into the superior Spider-Man, which we mentioned earlier. It dives into uh, the whole Parker Industries uh, situation, which is like when he uh, created his own company, a la you know Iron Man. Uh, it dives into some great stuff with with uh, a lot of his classic villains, and it introduces a lot of new villains, which I think okay. this run doesn't get enough credit in terms of introducing uh, new ideas, new concepts of Spider-Man. Doesn't always stick the landing, but it's far from the 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 dump all over Spider-Man that a lot of people act like it is. And, you know, say what you want about Slot's writing. I can't name a single issue of this series with all the dozens of artists it had on it that wasn't just drop-dead gorgeous every right. time. Like, I love Umberto Ramos. I know a lot of people think his style is blocky. Uh, for anyone listening right now, you can Google Umberto uh, Ramos and look up his art. It's very stylized, might not be for you, but later on we get artists like uh, Giuseppe Gamancoli, I believe. We get Stuart Eminen, who's just yeah, incredible, incredible. Yeah. We get uh, Marcos Martin, I think, a couple times. But enough waxing on about the Spider-Man uh, dance lot run in general. Let me read you specifically the synopsis for Spider-Man Big Time, which is where okay. I would consider the best uh, dance lot Spider-Man jumping on point to be sure so this is spider-man big time by dan slot and berto ramos the avengers are working under your leadership in the field darn right a high salary job in the science industry just fell into your lap about time and you have an awesome new girlfriend finally face it peter parker you just hit the big time but just when things are looking amazing for old spidey along comes the hobgoblin to raise a little ruckus with norman osborne in the pokey there's a giant-sized goblin power vacuum one roderick kingsley is more than willing and able to fill and facing the threat of the newly revived Hobgoblin looks like all the spiders resolved and probably a new costume to boot. It's a new status quo in the life, love, and adventures of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, guest starring the Avengers, the Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, and a cavalcade of Spidey's greatest friends and foes. See, I made it through four, you know, four synopses before I just totally ruined a word. It's, You're doing great. It's a great jumping on point for Spider-Man. It's exactly what it says it is. Um... It's a fresh start for the character, and it takes the character in, in some directions that longtime diehard fans may not have mm-hmm. been super into, but 
if you're just trying to jump in for the first time into a long form Spider-Man run, I'd say this is definitely a, a good place to start. And it does this run and Dan Slott's writing of Spider-Man in general did inform uh, a decent amount of the Spider-Man PS4 game. Like this, okay. uh, his creation, like his inclusion of Mr. Negative and the creation of that character came in his work before the the big time arc back when it was, you know, still the rotating team of, of writers right in that brand mm-hmm. new day era. But just his characterization is is a bit of an influence on on Spider-Man PS4 as well. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was a, a Dan Slott thing or mm-hmm. if it was just like a, a, a Marvel thing in general, but I remember reading through um, the Superior Spider-Man and then it goes into the uh, the Spider-Verse stuff. After yeah, that, the Spider-Verse is, is one of the end caps of his, uh, of his series. Right, his but uh, one thing that they did there um, that was super helpful for me is that anytime that they reference something that wasn't like that didn't happen recently, that maybe happened like several issues ago, maybe say way back. And run. yeah. Yeah. But uh, they would have like an asterisk by it. Uh, yeah. it almost like a footnote. Yeah. Uh, t- so just in panel. Right. Yeah. And so you could go and reference that or, or, you know, you could make note of it and be like, Oh, I need to go check this out later on. Um, you know, and, and learn a little bit more about what they're talking about here. Yeah. That, and that's, that was... that's a common thing in a, in a lot of books, but yeah, there's definitely, once you get deeper into the dance lot, Spider-Man run, we do get there some reasonably, we'll say lore heavy appearances where it's like, oh, okay, that's a little bit of a deep cut for this person. Like where they first right. appear. And then it's like, Oh, they first appeared in amazing Spider-Man number 41 or, you know, down on the bottom. It's, it's, it's definitely something that, you deal with more as the series goes on for sure. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's one thing that I am uh, as a relative novice, uh, definitely appreciative for. So it's, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely helpful when, especially when you're first trying to dive in, like you said. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, a couple of racks ago, I recommended <laughs> that Spider-Man blue. Like if you said, I only got two Spider-Man stories to recommend you know, that would be one of them. This would be the other one. This is Spider-Man okay. life story. Okay. Uh, by Chip Zdarsky and Mike Bagley or Mark Bagley. Excuse me. Um, it's a look at literally the life story of Spider-Man, but each issue takes place in a different decade and the character is aging in real time. So okay. the first issue was set in the sixties, right? When like in 1962, right? When Peter gets bit by the spider, the, Issue number two is in the seventies. Peter's now in college. Like it, it ages with the character. You get to, you know, the two thousands, like, okay, he's like getting, like he's almost an old man now. Cause mm-hmm. you know, he, it's been 50 years. Um, it's a great look at the history of Spider-Man in a self-contained story. Uh, it's a reimagining, but the way that Zdarsky and Bagley take iconic Spider-Man storylines and are able to spin them uh, like a web <laughs> into <laughs> one continuous story just in, in a character's life is is really, really dynamic and really engaging. So let me let me read the, the synopsis. Spider-Man makes history. In 1962's Amazing Fantasy number 15, teenage Peter Parker was bitten by a radioactive spider and became the Amazing Spider-Man. Nearly 60 years have passed in the real world since that event. So what would have happened if the same amount of time passed for Peter? 
In celebration of an icon, Chip Zdarsky and legendary artist Mark Bagley spin a unique Spidey tale, telling the entire life story of Spider-Man from beginning to end, set against the key events of the decades through which he lived. From the Vietnam War to Secret Wars and Civil War, all the way through to what just might be a 72-year-old Spider-Man's final mission, prepare to watch Peter Parker aged by the issue, now in hardcover, including a brand new annual tale. So this is the synopsis for the hardcover, which just came out in December. And the original trade paperback was collecting just uh, Spider-Man Life Story number one through six, but just last year, uh, which was a couple of years after the Life Story series was finished, they put out a special annual issue. So if you want the entire the entire thing, mm. uh, this this hardcover would be the the way to go. Nice. Like I said, it's one of the the two Spider-Man stories that's recommended anyone. It's something you can read self-contained on its own. And it's, it's got fantastic art from an iconic Spider-Man artist. And there are few writers working today who I think can get to the heart of a character as, uh, more as profoundly as Chip Zdarsky can. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's always nice to have those like self-contained volumes yeah. where like <clears throat> you don't need much precursor, maybe like a little bit of working knowledge about the character, yeah. but for the most part, you can just like dive in. For um, sure. It's always nice to, to pick those up every once in a while. And I do love me a hardback. Oh, um, I mean, just like sitting, sitting pretty on your shelf. It's uh, yeah. I am a I am a huge fan of like <laughs> just staring at my collection. It, it might not be uh, you know super impressive, but I I love like collecting physical copies. Like, I mean, I, I I sent you a picture of my one of my shelves. We should say the number of times I just catch myself staring at it throughout the day. I can't judge you. Yeah, it is uh, it is insanity. <laughs> with the with the bookshelf used, it's basically it's like. A lot. It's like my my IKEA like cubby hole bookshelf, <laughs> but it instead of like you know, one uh, sixteenth of it is comic books, and then the rest of it is just like literary nonsense. Yours is just all it's comic all books. all sixteenth is yeah, it's comics and, and graphic novels, and then I had to get another uh, shelf off to the side because uh, I ran out of space, and I've got naturally a few other shelves in the living room and you know the den that's also <laughs> comics, but there's also literary knowledge and nonsense on those two. You know, you got your King Arthur's, you got your Robin Hoods, you got your Lord of the Rings. All right, got you got your got to mix far it up. too far too many Star Wars extended universe novels. Like you got. <laughs> There's, there's there's a lot of play my wife loves those uh those star wars com oh, uh, uh not comics uh the the books the, yeah. the ones that came out after the uh the original trilogy yes. like the ones with the uh what's her name jade uh, mara jade mara jade yeah. oh i love me some um, mara jade i read i read the 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 thrawn trilogy a couple years ago those were the first like extended universe books that i really delved okay. into and oh my god i cannot wait to see thrawn in live action yeah um she she yeah when we first met like she talked my ear off like when we we kind of we bonded over this nerdy shit because when she was growing up she didn't have anyone to talk to mm -hmm. about like you know star wars and star trek and and you know marvel stuff and uh, same thing with me um and so when we found each other we were just like hey we finally have like, someone to like obsess over this like, please talk to me see i had, i had the opposite thing with uh with my girlfriend she 
was not really a nerd at all. Like she's a, you know, a well-adjusted, well-rounded <laughs> adult human being with, you know, sure. important, important interests like, you know, advocacy work and, you know, right. Like, right. You know, just, you know, and, and hiking, you know, things that, things that grownups do. So <laughs> on our, <laughs> on our first date, I showed her the original star Wars and then just to, to keep her hanging out with me, I just kept showing her a new one every, every time. <laughs> You know, which honestly, I think she just thought I was cute and, and put up with it because she I found out later she hates old movies. Anything before the year 2004, she's like she just doesn't like the way it looks. And, wow. you know, I, I guess I can respect that. Uh, so everyone's it, got know, their own thing. Everyone's got their own thing. So I really appreciate her putting up with me for the first uh, six times <laughs> we hung out showing her, you know, the, the prequels, which came out before 2004. Uh, uh, yeah. But you know, hey, we're, she she's stuck around. We've we've made it. It's been a couple years, so I think we're or almost a couple years. So we're yeah. We're, we're, we're if flying. you found if you found someone where you can like introduce them to the prequels and they still want to be your friend afterwards, yeah. then I mean, I, she I, likes Hayden Christensen. She was really excited. she didn't know he was in them. All right, and then she was like, "Oh shit, it's Hayden Christensen from Takers." And I was like, "All right, that's a weird pull. <laughs> that's where you know him from." <laughs> but yeah, he's in Takers, so. It, it worked, and since then I've gotten her into reading comics too. And now she has a pull list of her own. So nice. Clearly, my recommendations work, people. Clearly, they work. I have, yes. I have proof. I have proof. Living speaking proof. of, yeah. Speaking of recommendations, one last Spider-Man recommendation, and this is one of the most common Spider-Man recommendations, and for good reason. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, the original the uh, Brian Michael Mendes and Mark Bagley run running all the way into, you know, the introduction of Miles Morales, uh, in, I want to say like 2010, 2011. It's, it was, uh, it's, it's a years long run. This is, I think this is the longest run I'm recommending either this or the dance lot run. Um, okay. But it was creating their two thousands as a sort of, continuity free reimagining of spider-man as a good jumping on point trying to sync it up with the movies uh you know um so here's the here's the synopsis high school puberty first dances there are many pitfalls to being young compound these with intense personal tragedy and superpowers and you can start to visualize the world of peter parker aka spider-man witness the rebirth of a legend as peter learns that with great power there must also come great responsibility read the book entertainment weekly calls one of the most emotionally resonant depictions of teendom in comics since Spider-Man's debut. So all that's true, but also take it with a grain of salt. This book did come out 20 years ago. So there's going to be some things that were contemporary in the early two thousands that Hmm. did not age well. Sure. Just in terms of, you know, I mean, you watch something for early two thousands, like, Oh, that's the kind of joke we're making. That's not. So we're talking like language wise, a little bit of language wise, a little, little light sexism sure well i wouldn't say light, but you know the sexism of the early 2000s i think there's like a, a few gay jokes here and there that don't play you know no sure. like i don't if i recall correctly not you know any like you know slurs or whatever but it's still just like all right that's you know, like you're you're making fun of him he's like ah you're gay flash i was like well i mean even if he is it's not an issue but you know it was 2000s so it's it, it gets better as the series goes on and you know passes sure. in real time but yeah. It's, I mean, it's one of my favorite Spider-Man runs all told. So it, it's a great jumping on point. If you nice. want, if you want the similar feeling to Spider-Man big time where you want a long form Spider-Man run, but you don't want any of the real history having to, to, you know, 
carry behind it. Like the first arc is power and responsibility, and it is about Peter getting bit and becoming Spider Man and oh nice you know, the okay. the whole shebang. So you start with this. You start the Spider Man journey with Peter in this series. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely like to get into a run like that. So I'll I'll eventually more than likely get into that one because uh, yeah. I I haven't come across a uh, like an origin story yeah uh, Spider-Man arc yet so this I'll, is this is definitely this is definitely a good one a good one to go with like awesome. it's it's similar vibes to well I wouldn't say similar vibes it can get a bit dark but it's similar to Spidey in the sense that yeah it's a, a reimagining of Spider-Man the difference mm-hmm. with Spidey was that series only lasted 12 issues and I think that's better for people who just want to more self-contained like hey this is just this is spider-man whereas this ultimate spider-man was responsible for launching the ultimate universe brand of uh marvel alongside ultimate x-men so it does eventually lead into you know uh, it does have a couple of tie-in issues here and there to events which some of them are bad some of them are good but Mm -hmm. end of the day you can largely read ultimate spider-man on its own just you know for a hundred and plus issues almost 200 issues by the end of it but just a couple just a few just i mean hey you got marvel unlimited you can knock that out in a weekend right (laughs) so i guess it depends on uh what you got going on it depends on what you got going on what's your internet connection like you know right how much time you spend on the toilet oh man tell you what good this is good for toilet time everyone marvel unlimited DC Universe Infinite, <laughs> check them out. Break so out the iPad. That is all I have for the Amazing Spider-Man. But okay. you know, we're also talking about another one of you know Stanley and Steve Ditko's creations. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Doctor Strange. Yeah, the we're, the we're Sorcerer Supreme. We're gonna get. Sorcerer. Let's get strange. Let's get strange. Give me a second to blow my nose here. You can vamp for a second. (laughs) I bet I'm the first person to to make that pun of let's get strange when about to talk about Doctor Strange. I tell you what, David, I'd be shocked if you weren't. I wouldn't (laughs) believe it. In fact, I won't hear a word to the contrary. Exactly. I I am the original baby. You're the you're the originator. Yeah. Everyone's just trying to ride your wave. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> I'm such a piece of shit. <laughs> I mean, hey, you should hear some of the shit I say. All fair. Yeah. Uh, and on air, if you listen to Nurse Talk movies long enough, tell you what, we record. Sometimes we record late, or we record after I've had a day, and shit mm-hmm. gets real weird. I take it. My my co-host Taylor likes to to he likes to say I don't have a filter, which you know I do have a filter. It's just skewed, we'll say. But sure. Listen, I'm just saying, listen to some of the stuff I say on the show and just think about how bad it must be that I, when I'm filtering myself, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just, uh, I, I'm just, basically the same way. Like, especially if I've had an off day, I kind of treat the podcast as a way to not like go absolutely nuts. Like, you know, I'm not like, you but know, you get a little, you get a little strange with it. I, in fact, I do. I get, yeah. <laughs> I get a little strange, you know, talk about finger blasting and <laughs> I mean, hey, who hasn't who hasn't every now and then? Just exactly. I mean, it's it's everyone. Uh, it's something that everyone does. It's America's to, pastime. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, Mary Magdalene did it. Exactly. Like Mary Magdalene did it. We said that before the show. Mary, Ma- if you're telling me that Mary Magdalene didn't get finger blasted, I we must have read a different Bible. 
or or herself did some finger blasting either yeah, to she, some again, other dudes. It was or, it was her. It was it's the world's oldest profession. We don't body shame here. All right. As yeah. long as, as long as you're all consenting adults and you're we having are, a good time, we are sex we support positive. It. We are yeah. sex positive. Damn right. Nothing, exactly. nothing more positive than finger blasting. But you know who does a <laughs> hey, t-shirt idea? Hey, hey, David. You know who does a lot of finger blasting, albeit of a mystical variety? <laughs> Doctor Doctor Strange. Strange. He can't really do it, you know, as much anymore with his actual hands because you know they're shattered. But yeah. <laughs> he can use magic to shoot blast lasers from his fingers. Exactly. That's my that's my segue to talk about <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Strange season one by Greg Pak and Emma Rios. It's a retelling of the origin of Doctor Strange. It's from the season one line of Marvel graphic novels. They did them for a bunch of characters. They did, I mean, they did a Spider-Man season one. They did X-Men season one, Daredevil season one, Avengers season one. These are standalone graphic novels that people can use just to jump into the, you know, the origin of a character that they've seen, you know, so frequently in the MCU or in the cartoons, anything like that. Okay. So... Here's the synopsis for Doctor Strange uh, Season 1. A window-crashing, high-flying grope... Grobe? Damn it, I'm more tired than I thought. Let's, you know, <laughs> we'll take it from the top. Everyone, <laughs> erase the last five seconds from your mind with magic. We're using the time stone. There yeah. we go. There you go. Tied it A window-crashing, high-flying, globe-traveling... There we go. Ghost-battling adventure from the earliest days of Doctor Strange's training in the mystic arts. Part Indiana Jones, part Lord of the Rings thrilled to this tale of how a selfish, arrogant surgeon collided with a hot-headed martial artist to become the greatest team the mystic arts have ever seen. If only they can stop hitting each other and figure out how all this magic stuff works anyway. And this collection that I'm reading from also features Defenders Number 1 by Matt Fraction and Terry Dodson, which we will get to later. Uh, Mm -hmm. But this is a, a solid solid entry-level origin for the character of Doctor Strange. You understand the motivations perfectly. It sets up a really interesting dynamic for him and Wong. The art by Emma Rios is beautiful and eerie, and the writing and characterization by Greg Pak is top tier. Um, it's just a, a really a really solid Doctor Strange story for first-timers. Nice. Let's see. Yeah. Oh, you got uh, something to say? Uh, I, I had something, um, and, um, and, and then I just lost it, uh, in, in true David fashion. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to, I can pull the time zone back out again. We can see if we can't like, you know, that, just that, reverse it. That's Dormammu. Be... I've come to bargain. Like, you know, can... <laughs> Dormammu. I've come Dormammu. to Dormammu. David, David's memory. I've come Dorm- to bargain. <laughs> it, uh, it must've been not that important. Um, I mean, if it's important, you'll remember it. Yeah, ex- uh, I will come back. Uh, you uh, you mentioned Matt Fraction. Um, mm-hmm. He he did. Uh, I think some of the most recent Hawkeye stuff. He did the Hawkeye. Well, not that recent. It came out. His, his run started in 2012, so almost 10 years ago. Sure. I was collect. Well, I was collecting it while I was in high school. But that's that's quote unquote recent quote unquote for me. Recent. Sure. I mean. Considering that, like some of these comic book characters go all the way back to like the fifties and sixties, yeah. like I mean, hey, if we're talking DC, let's go all the way back to the forties. Shit, if we're talking, yeah. you know, actually, there's one character that I am going to mention later uh, in these recommendations that was around in, I want to say, nineteen forty one was his debut, or nineteen forty. He was the. We're, I'm, I'm gonna mention Namor, you know, and he was like the Marvel's first mutant. So that's a okay. That's quite a ways. That's quite a ways back, but. You know, sure, Namor teams up 
with Doctor Strange. But Doctor Strange will be teaming up with a lot of people, including the fan-favorite Marvel villain, Doctor Doom, in the series. Doctor Strange and Doctor Doom, Triumph and Torment. It's not really a series, it's more of a standalone uh, graphic novel. Okay. But... You know, before I even dive into it, it's by Roger Stern and Mike Mignola, creator of Hellboy, for mm. for you Hellboy fans out there. So it's the you know it's a damn good looking, damn good looking series. Uh, let me just read the synopsis before I dive into it too deeply. So every year on Midsummer's Eve, Victor Von Doom clashes with the forces of evil in a vain attempt to free his mother's soul from hell. But only when Doctor Strange is finally convinced to join the fight does he have any hope of altering the outcome in his favor. The unlikely allies must first journey to Mephisto's infernal realm, where they find the cost of one soul may be more than they are willing to pay. So you got to, you know, you're all titillated there, aren't you? You got Mm -hmm. the doctor. The doctors are in, David. Trouble, uh, to say the least. (laughs) uh, You can consider me quite titillated. Um, my, my titties are titillated. They're, your titties are elated. Okay. Your titties are elated. I can they see, are, I can see it through the camera. The, yes. I tell you what, the audio listeners, you're going to wish there's a video component to see yeah. these elated titties. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's a, <laughs> it's a classic Marvel story. Um, not only is it a great piece for Doc Strange, but it's also a great, you know, look at the character of Dr. Doom, you know, he, sure. He's a threat to the Marvel universe and a presence in the Marvel universe, even outside of just the fantastic four. Like he's probably, you know, they're, they're number one villain. That's not, you know, one of these big cosmic forces like, you know, Galactus or Thanos or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also just sets up a really interesting dynamic for their relationship and Strange's motivation for helping, uh, Doom is something that, uh, new readers may find uh, really interesting. It also does an amazing job of setting up and, you know, I know this is a Dr. Strange recommendation, but I can't talk about this without, you know, talking about how it treats doom. Um, you know, so many people just see him as like an Iron Man knockoff or whatever, mm-hmm. like just in general public. Cause we've sure. had the kind of, kind of crappy fantastic four movies that don't paint doom the way doom needs to be painted. It's like, Oh, it's just some dude in a metal suit. And I guess he's strong or whatever. Like, no, I mean, yes, he is incredibly intelligent. He's one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe, and he's got this baller high-tech armor, and he's a master scientist. But he's right. also one of the most powerful mystics. Mm-hmm. Like, part of why Strange has to help him is because uh, Doctor Doom is, like, the number two sorcerer, and it's it's the whole thing is like, all right, well, as the as the person who won the title Sorcerer Supreme runner-up gets to ask you for a favor. Mm-hmm. So, like, it, it puts Doom on that scale. Like, yeah, no, like, he is... His magic skills are surpassed only by, like, one person, in addition to him being arguably smarter than Iron Man. Like, hmm. Doctor Doom is, is OP as fuck, basically. Okay. And pairing that with Doctor Strange, who is clearly the most powerful mystic, but he's, I wouldn't say stifled, but he's beholden to these laws and these you know this code that he has you know not just as the sorcerer supreme but also just as a doctor like his his oath to you know do the right thing and try and protect the most people like it's it's a it's a very interesting dynamic and it's something you know that we've seen referenced and played out with these two characters histories in the years since then and this series came out uh just decades ago i want to say 1974 i believe or sure or no, hold on. That's just what's collected in this. It was, I think it was the 80s. 
It was the 80s. Either way, decades. And it's something that has definitely impacted both characters since. Okay. But. Right on. Moving on to my personal favorite solo Doctor Strange story, which this is widely considered to be the best solo Doctor Strange story. So that's Doctor Strange, The Oath, by Brian K. Vaughn of Saga fame, and Marcos Martin, who's, oh, just beautiful, beautiful art. So let me me break y'all off a little of the synopsis. Dr. Stephen Strange embarks on the most important paranormal investigation of his career as he sets off to solve an attempted murder, his own. And with his most trusted friend also at death's door, Strange turns to an unexpected corner of the Marvel Universe to recruit a new ally. Eisner award-winning writer Brian K. Vaughn and Red Hot Hot Artist Marcos Martin, or is it Martin, I don't know, who's to say, join forces (laughs) for an adventure that will take the Sorcerer Supreme from the underworld of New York City to the deadliest dimensions on the outskirts of reality while firmly establishing him in the current Marvel Universe and setting him up to join a surprising new team. Oh, what surprising new team is he joining? Uh, well, read the read the book and find out. Yeah. But but no, it's... Um, I would say, to me at least, in, in my experience with the character, I would say that this series is the best examination of who Stephen Strange is as a character, as a mystic, as a quote-unquote hero, and it frames as, is he really a superhero, or is he the Sorcerer Supreme? Because those are two very different things. Um, And it also does a great job of bringing in, you know, conflict with him being someone who is you know, the Sorcerer Supreme meant to safeguard all of reality, which, you know, sometimes means you have to do some questionable things, but right. he was also a doctor. He took the Hippocratic Oath, like he's supposed to do what's best for his patient or his patients. It's a whole, it's a very interesting dichotomy with great characterization, stellar art. It's, it's probably, there's a reason why people call it the best Doctor Strange story. We'll say that. Okay. There are, there are a few instances where, a series is, you know, uh, considered, oh, like, this is the best so-and-so story. This is the best, you know, Superman story, Batman story. And everyone's got an opinion, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of back and forth. Right. Doctor Strange, the oath is one of the few instances where I've seen everyone go like, no, this is the best Doctor Strange story. Mm -hmm. Like it's, if you go look up any, you know, best Doctor Strange stories list, this is what you will find. It is really cool to find those like those bookmarked, uh, you know, like like five star across the board, yeah. you know, um, rated comic books. Uh, because like, <clears throat> I mean, it, it just especially for beginner readers, it just further solidifies like this is something that you must check out yeah. if you're looking to dive into this character. And um, this this was a mini series, so it collects all five issues of it just in this collection. And okay. all you need to know is like if you've seen the movie, it's like, yep, Doctor Strange, Sorcerer Supreme, Wong's is his homie. <laughs> like that's that that's about it. Wong is Beyonce. Wong is Beyonce, Wong is Adele. Uh <laughs> Wong is Drake. I think they made that joke uh, in the <laughs> in in the solo movie. But yeah, no, it's a, yeah. it's and it a lot of the focus is on really on the relationship between Stephen Strange and Wong, and it's 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 beautiful okay. stuff. Nice. 
All right. So Excellent. my next my next Doctor Strange wreck is uh, more contemporary. It is Doctor Strange Volume One: Way of the Weird by Jason Aaron and Chris Bacciolo. So this was, I believe, Doctor Strange's first solo series um, after his his uh, or around the time, excuse me, that his movie dropped. I can't remember if it started before or after, but if it started before, it was with literally within months of his series. Like it, it, it was that same year. Like this okay, collection, sure. this collection came out December of 2016. I believe his movie came out in November of 2016 or October. So yeah, either way, right. it was a very it was a very timed release on Marvel's part, and for good reason. It's a very good contemporary jumping on point for wanting to you know read a longer form Doctor Strange uh, narrative. All so. Right. Uh, but en- enough of, of me waxing on about it. I'll just read the, the synopsis. Only Doctor Strange can protect our world from the darkness beyond. Now witness the full toll that constant struggle takes on Earth's Sorcerer Supreme. Every spell cast comes at a cost, but what happens when Strange falls behind on his tab? Find out as the good Doctor wakes up somewhere very odd, nearly naked, with no spell books, no weapons, and no memory of how he got there, or why all the monsters are chasing him. And as a new visitor to Strange's Sanctum Sanctorum learns that one wrong door can lead to oblivion, Strange's friends and allies are about to face their greatest threat. Dark forces are destroying everything mystical in the multiverse, and their sights are set on this dimension. Magic's days are numbered, and Doctor Strange is not ready. Collecting Doctor Strange, you know, 2015 uh, numbers 1 through 5. I guess it started in 2015. Well, there you go. Either way, it's, like I said, it's a good contemporary jumping on point. Aaron's run isn't you know one of the years long you know situations like we're talking with some of the spider-man runs i mentioned but it does lead uh pretty pretty fluidly (laughs) into the following run uh actually following runs by mark wade he they relaunched the series a couple times but you could start this series uh and then just pretty much read all the way up to to right now with you know the the recent death of Doctor Strange where now they're going to relaunch it where uh his his wife Clea is the new sorcerer's frame it's a it, that's a whole other can of worms Wow. i mean yeah that it, is something that i am not aware of but yeah, sounds well, very interesting it's it's there's a lot there's a lot of play but yeah all so right. this this would be a good place to jump on for a contemporary strange story set in the modern Marvel universe. And (laughs) Dr. Strange is one of those characters where yes, he's a big name, but he's, it's not like he constantly has a series going on. Uh, The movie has really helped uh, him with that. Actually, ever since the movie came out, he's pretty consistently had a title. So there have been like three or four relaunches since this, but okay. if if readers start with this, they can. It's a it's a pretty straight through line, you know, nice. up until till right now. Okay, right on. So unlike uh, Spider Man, where all of his recommendations were solely you know just Spider Man solo books, I think Doctor Strange is a character who benefits largely from his appearance in team books. Um, sure, which is you know partly fueled by what I just said of where he's not one of those characters that has always had you know, a, a solo series to, to collect. Um, but he definitely, definitely, definitely is 
a character who benefits from team-ups, like the Defenders, which is Marvel's most famous non-team. And we're not talking the Netflix Defenders with, Clearly. you know, Daredevil and, and Jessica Luke Cage, Jones. Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, which I love all those characters. As soon as they announced that they were the TV Defenders, I'm like, well, that's not the Defenders. That's <laughs> those, those are the Marvel Knights. Like, that's a whole different thing, because the real Defenders, your granddaddy's Defenders, yeah. we're talking Doctor Strange. We're talking Namor the Submariner. We're talking Silver Surfer. We're talking the Incredible Hulk. Maybe you get Valkyrie in there. Maybe you get okay. Nighthawk, you know. But, right. you know, the core four, Strange, Namor, Silver Surfer, and Hulk, which is why one of the series I'm recommending is Defenders Indefensible. It's a, you know, it's it was a self-contained miniseries um, by the iconic, legendary creative team of J.M. DeMatteis and Keith Given with art by uh, Kevin Maguire. This is for, for some of you comics fans out there. Yes, this is the same team who relaunched the justice league and reinvigorated that series with justice league international in the eighties. So this series okay. has a similar humorous uh, tone to it, <clears throat> but I mean, humor aside, which the humor is a plus, like it's still some great content for all these characters, not just Dr. Strange. Um, but let me read the synopsis. Wong possessed by Nightmare, Dormammu and Umar in unholy alliance, the Hulk and Submariner at each other's throats, the Silver Surfer, uh, surfing. Can Doctor Strange reunite the Defenders and save reality as we know it? Only the Ancient One knows for sure. It's, you know, relatively more lighthearted compared to some of the other things uh, on, on my list, and a lot of that is due to just the nature of the creative team. Right. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun time. Like that's what it boils down to at the end of the day. You know, you want to, you know, if you want to read something fun with, you know, some solid humor, which some of it may be a little bit aged, you know, just cause this was a book from like the early two thousands. And I don't mm-hmm. necessarily think when I say age, I don't necessarily think there's anything at least off the top of my head. It's been a second since I read it. I don't think there's anything that's like actually problematic, but just it's like, Oh, well that's just, a very two thousands era joke, like you know, right. that kind of rapture was like this. Talk isn't... to the hand. <laughs> exactly. It's like, all right, sure, I guess that would have been funny then. But right. I mean, JM DeMatteis and, and Kevin McGuire and Keith Giffen, they created some pretty I guess you would expect them to be dated comedic tropes in the eighties with Just the International. I read read that series recently and the comedy still holds up. So Mm-hmm. With you're in you're in for a fun time with this series, a fun self contained time with more than just you know Doctor Doctor Strange. I'd be surprised if anyone can read a Defenders series and not want this team to be the version that's in the MCU. Yeah, yeah. But but that's not the only Defenders book I'm recommending. My final recommendation is just the Defenders by Matt Fraction, who we mentioned earlier as mm-hmm. having that one issue. Uh, also included in Doctor Strange season one, but this uh, this series of Defenders by him and Terry Dodson, it's uh, twelve issues, so you know it's longer than just one graphic novel, but it's in pretty much entirely self-contained. Um, it spins out of an event, you know, from the Marvel universe. So at the beginning, you may be like, "Oh, that's odd. Why are they teaming up to fight this?" consequence from an event i didn't read but sure. you can the exposition is clear enough that it's like okay i understand the conduct of this i don't have to worry about it now <clears throat> yeah uh so as i mentioned matt fraction terry dotson and the synopsis reads as 
the last line of defense against the forces of the unknown. Spinning out of the stunning ending of Fear Itself, the final member of the Worthy is on a global rampage, and everyone's favorite Marvel misfits must band together to solve a mysterious conspiracy deep at the heart of the Marvel Universe. What is the secret of Wondergore Mountain? Matt Fraction reteams with Uncanny X-Men cohort Terry Dotson to relaunch Marvel's Mightiest Non-Team, the all-new, all-different, all-dynamic Defenders. And this is a different lineup than the the one we see in um, Defenders Indefensible. It's still got Doc Strange, it's still got Namor, and it's still got Silver Surfer, but this is where we get Iron Fist. Um, this is where we get the Red She-Hulk, who fans may be like, oh, mm. I thought... You know, there was Red Hulk and there's, you know, She-Hulk. There's also a Red She-Hulk. And who is it? It's Betty Ross, Hulk's iconic love interest. She's the Red She-Hulk. Hell yeah. And it, it's it's beautiful stuff from Terry Dodson. Like, Dodson is just on another level. He's one of my favorite artists in the biz. And this is probably my favorite work from him. He also does some great uh, Wonder Woman stuff. But I think, okay. I think this is probably... I, this may be my favorite uh, Doctor Strange outside of, you know, the oath. Um, I'm also really partial to Doctor Strange in the New Avengers. Uh, and you may ask, well, Tristan, why didn't you include New Avengers on uh, on this <laughs> recommendation list? And to that I say, because it's too damn long. And sure, <laughs> <laughs> sure, you know, I went long with Ultimate Spider-Man and Spider-Man Big Time. But the difference being with New Avengers, seeing as how it's, you know, the A-list team book, it ties into a lot of things. Yeah. And it's like, if I'm telling someone to read New Avengers, it's like, you're also going to need to read Civil War and Secret Invasion and Fear Itself and, you know, uh, Siege. <laughs> and like, it's it's a years long, it was the flagship book, book of Marvel for years. Right. So yeah. it, it's not as self-contained as you would like it to be. Even though it's got great stuff for Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. They were both on the team at the time. So, this isn't an, an official, you know, this is easy to dive into recommendation, but mm. if you want to read new Avengers, I just, it's damn good. It's damn yeah. good. But if you want a more self-contained Dr. Strange and a team experience, then defenders by Matt fraction and Terry Dodson is definitely way to go. It gets a little weird, gets a little wonky. It gets downright strange, but mm. At the end of the day, it's a pretty self-contained, pretty entertaining, pretty gorgeous to look at uh, piece of piece of fiction. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. I believe that's the end of the list. I think so. I think you are correct. Yeah, that's the yeah. end. Um, one one thing that you said um, kind of jogged my my memory of mm-hmm. this this thing that I kind of uh, realized about the comic book community that's a little bit different than like the the film or any other like community mm-hmm. is like things uh in in other realms in film and and maybe i don't know books but maybe tv shows and streaming it's mm-hmm. all about the here and now yeah like it's all about what's going on contemporary contemporarily it's about what are you engaging with with this content at this moment exactly but with comic books i've realized that like you could go up to someone who really loves comic books strike up a conversation about some batman shit that happened in the 80s yes and you could have that conversation for like three hours if you wanted to 
that is one thing that blew my mind to hell and back when I <laughs> first came into the comic book world. Like I, I didn't realize that like I was so concerned about trying to keep up with everything and read the most, you know, contemporary and yeah. current stuff because I, I didn't want to like you didn't want to feel like you were you were falling behind exactly and but when i realized that like you know you can kind of check anything and everything out at your own leisure yeah and then go find someone to talk to about it with like it's going to be fine like you're you're not like falling behind like those people will still talk to you about <laughs> what you just read yeah um, I mean, provided you have those people to talk to, but sure. that's why the internet exists, right? That's why the comics Twitter is a very interesting place for sure. And oh, I you bet. Can always, you can always find someone willing to talk, but you know, like you say, it is like, that is a very important aspect of comics as a medium and the comic fandom is there's so much to choose from that, you know, no matter how diehard a fan is it's pretty unlikely that one person has read every single thing of this thing right. they're a fan of. And both in terms of the stories you like, and in terms of the continuity, even that you choose to acknowledge comics is a medium and a storytelling device and a hobby in a world that really, really benefits from you as a consumer, which I hate that term. Uh, Cause you know, capitalism, sure. you as a fan, you as an audience member, as a viewer, as a reader, whatever you want to call it, it benefits from you being able to choose what you want to engage with. Right. You don't have to, you know, get caught up to Amazing Spider-Man number, you know, 88 that came out last week. You know, you can go back and you can read just Spider-Man Blue and Craven's Last Hunt and Spider-Man Life Story and just only read those three. And guess what? You're a real bona fide Spider-Man fan. Mm -hmm. Like, and and there are, there's plenty of gatekeepers who are like, oh, well, you're not a real fan. You've only ever seen the movies. And, oh, you only ever read, you know, one issue. It's like, no, if you've read a comic and you enjoyed it, you're a fan. Don't let anyone tell you different. Yeah, fuck those gatekeepers. Fuck those gatekeepers. They're one of the number one reasons why it's people think it's so hard to get into comics. That and, yeah. you know, like you said, the overwhelming amount of history where you're like, I don't know <laughs> where to start. But honestly you know, these, these recommendations aside, the best place to start is anywhere, whatever seems interesting to you. That's the best place to, to jump in. You'll find yeah. your way there. A lot of the time, you know, writers treat every issue as if it's someone's first comic, because most of the time, every issue is someone's first issue, right? This is a, a medium and a storytelling, uh, uh, device that is made to, not only appeal to the fans who've been reading for 20 years like me, but to appeal to new readers to make it so that you can dive in anywhere at any time. And yeah. I think all these recommendations are solid examples of that, but you know, maybe my most important recommendation really is just get Marvel unlimited and DC universe infinite. You just search a character you want to read they'll have, you know, pre-made lists on there. Not to say, you know, my job on here is useless because, you know, I'm, sure. I'm giving recommendations that I think are genuine, you know, gems that can get you into the characters. But, you know, maybe there's something in those lists that I miss or something that slipped my mind or something that I, I may not be a personal fan of, so I didn't include it, but it could be right. something that really resonates with, you know, a listener out there. The best thing is just to search it up and, and just yeah. see what looks cool to you. 
Yeah, and don't forget about your local comic book shops. If you're course, interested in the actual physical copies, most places, if they don't carry it, they will they order, order it, it for it. They can for definitely you. order it. I, I always opt for that um, because, you know, one, you're supporting local businesses. And two, uh, you're supporting local businesses. Um, and, and also, you're just a, three, you're also just a hoarder, you know. So, exactly. Right. I mean, I can't talk. I got, I spent last uh, weekend reorganizing my seven long boxes I have in the in the closet. So, oh, you boy. know, I've, I've been, oof, i tell you what, I'm running, <laughs> I'm running out of space. <laughs> right. Well, um, so those the people that run the comic book shops those of course are great people to talk to for more information yes however if you'd like and watch this i'm going to tie it back oh if you'd like more information or more elaboration and tristan is willing to answer your questions i'm always willing to answer questions you can hit him up on his social media which is at back issue bins on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm also on TikTok, but I never post anything on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I got I gotta get into it. I gotta the I, kids love TikTok. They, I gotta I gotta do. get I gotta get in there. I I have a TikTok. I don't I'm not on there regularly and I don't post regularly. I it's for the podcast. Mm-hmm. That that's what I created the account for. But really it's just uh, I post pictures of me making my tumblers, like my custom tumblers that I sell on uh my Etsy shop. Uh I mean, so hey, that's a good that, enough reason. That's yeah. more I I've literally never posted anything on TikTok. So you're already ahead of me. Yeah, it's I don't, it's one of those things where like people either get really into it or you download it to check it out and, and then you like, forget about it. Yeah, you're just like, eh. and then your iPhone like offloads it. You, you don't you don't remember it until you're sitting on the toilet and you don't have you know Marvel Unlimited downloaded exactly uh, on, on your phone. But you know, I mean, I can't I I can't be constantly posting on TikTok because I'm out here just cranking out exactly. articles. You know, exactly. screen rant. You're, Check you're, those out. I get paid per view. People help me out here. Yes. Yeah. Go click on his shit. Um, one more time. Plug. Uh, plug everything you want. Plug your podcast and you, you did your social media. Anything did the else? socials yeah. and you know, like I said, find me uh, over at Screen Rant. But also, if you like nerdy podcasts, which clearly you do, if you're listening to this, clearly. then by all means, go check out Nerds Talk Movies. You can find it by searching uh, the Nerd Stash Show. We're working on rebranding a lot of things, so we're right now in a lot of our podcast feeds. It's you know under the feed the Nerd Stash Show, and then you have Nerd Talk Movies and uh, our video game show, which is just you know called the Nerd Stash Show. I'm not on that one. I'm on the movie one, but right. we got great people on the Nerd Stash Show as well. So by all means, yeah, please I've, listen to that. I have listened to uh, both shows, and both are excellent. They're top they're both, tier. We they're, got they're, we got good people. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Um, all the people that I've listened to, including you, um, you all know your shit. You're fun and entertaining to listen to. Oh, thank um, you. Thank it's, you. Uh, and to you as well. To you as well. Oh, I, I checked you. out, I especially enjoyed uh, your Hawkeye episode. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah. With, that, with, your, with your wife. Yeah, that uh, featured my wife. She uh, she comes on every once in a while um, for for stuff that she's super passionate about. Uh, and she, for some I, I'm not exactly sure what it is. Maybe it's like just a character that's more grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. But she just, uh, she loves Hawkeye. Like to I mean, death. Um, I mean, he, he he's a, a very lovable character that has finally gotten his due, especially in the Mad Fraction comics. Everybody, there's another yeah. there's another point yep. for you. Yep, there you go. Um, 
but yeah, uh, she she's very entertaining to uh, to have on the podcast because she's <laughs> if you get her going uh, and like I said, it has to be something that she's super passionate about. She will she will let her rip. Uh, it is no. That's what we need. Bar. That's what we need. Yeah. need. That passion. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. Um, but uh, Tristan, thank you uh, again so much for coming on the podcast. Of course. Anytime. And, uh, anytime. Enlightening us. Um, we hope to have you back soon. The next I'd time love we do to come a back. comic corner, we got Batman right around the corner. Yeah, we do. So, I, I got a lot of Batman stories to talk y- about. Yeah, you do. Um, and so we we definitely want to want to do a Batman episode before the Batman, uh, the Matt Reeves Batman uh, with uh, R Pats. Oh, uh, comes R-Pats. out coming in hot. Yeah, that granite jawline. Oh my goodness, it's. Uh, It'll poke your eye out. I'll tell you what, it's more dangerous than a batarang. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, Well, listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, As always, you can um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. We're on uh, pretty much everything. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera. Leave us a rating and review. That's basically Apple Podcast and now Spotify. Thankfully, they have gotten with the program and started to allow. Finally, uh, I know. Uh, like seriously, like I, I, I don't think I've yet to talk to another podcaster about this whole Spotify ranking. Took them thing, daggum forever. I know. Like, it, it, and but when they came in, they came in hot. And they oh, were like, they came in. They came in with a thunder. Yeah, they're like, you know what? We're going to make this like a million times easier than everyone else <laughs> like has we, made. We got to distract from this Joe Rogan controversy. We got to talk about some other stuff with podcasts. Come on, people. Right. And now you can rate podcasts. And like they put it right up there at the top, like instead of like Apple Podcasts, where you have to like search for the scroll. podcast and, and then, then scroll, scroll all the way to all the, the way to the depths of the earth. It, it's like, what am I, a, a plebeian? You know? I, am I made a time here? <laughs> Like, I'm, I'm only on the toilet for 40 minutes. I don't have time to scroll all the <laughs> way down. Right, you think I got like, seven seconds to do this? It's like, no, I got TikToks and, and, and Marvel Unlimited and DC Universe Infinite to read. I don't have time for this Apple podcast. Yeah, getting ridiculous over here. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Be kind, stay geeky, and eat lots of cheesecake. Bye-bye.